deck the halls with boughs of holly. Tis the season to be jolly. So what are you looking forward to this Christmas season? I have to say, maybe some food. That would definitely be part of it. Um, some game time with some of my kids. Board games, they are so good. They're whip smart when it comes to word games. So I'm hoping for some board game time with my kids. And some breathing space. Some time to just relax. Turn everything off and get quiet for a while. And however you're planning to enjoy the holidays this year, we're so pleased to celebrate them with you. I'm John Fuller. This is Season 4 of the Christmas Stories Podcast. And along the way, we're going to be sharing some wonderful stories to give you hope this season. Now, back with me this year are Lisa Anderson, who hosts The Boundless Show. That's our uh, podcast and radio program and website for young adults. Uh, Paul Batura is our Vice President of Communications at Focus. And Diane Angolia, who's our Guest Relations Manager. And uh, with everything that's happened, my goodness, what an unpredictable, crazy year. Let me just ask how y'all are going to be doing things differently this year. Well, I'm looking forward to a really pared down Christmas. I've kind of done Christmas with my family members. It is much cheaper to do it at other times of the year. So I'm doing no travel. I'm going to be hanging out at home, maybe just spending some time with friends. And I don't know, I feel like it's kind of appropriate for a pandemic year. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, I mean, after a year of a lot of different things, I'm looking forward to the tradition of, uh, you know, returning to familiar settings and decorations and traditions around uh, around the house. I'll tell you what, one thing I'm doing, I've been on the great quest to perfect homemade ice cream. And so I've been working on this all summer. Will you help us uh, participate in that journey with I'll you? bring some in. We will cheer you yeah. on. Yeah, so my big project is I want to get uh, peppermint ice cream down mm-hmm. for Christmas. So I've been actually gone through a few different ice cream makers because I've not been pleased with the results. And so this is a big quest of mine, and I'm hoping that come December we will have the right stuff and uh, the kids will have something to remember the Christmas of 2020 by if it's only ice cream. You know, for for our family, as a grandma, Nana, I'm just hoping that we can keep something of the regular tradition simple because the kids have been upheavaled so much with school schedules. I'm in, I'm out, I'm up, I'm down, I'm on, I'm not. And so if we can just keep it simple and like uh, Paul just said, those traditions that they're used to having without adding anything extra to the whole holiday and letting them see that that's really what the season is all about. Let's mm. slow down and let's think about why we are here and the fact that we are a family together. I, I appreciate that. Just keep the heart, the spiritual heart of this time of year. And it may be that you're getting ready for Thanksgiving right now, and it's too soon for Christmas, but still, a reminder like Diane just offered is so important because Advent is coming up, and we'll be sharing with you about some resources to help you celebrate that. Right now, let's hear from Asherita Chuchu, who grew up feeling a lot of emotional pain around the Advent season, um, but she has learned to enjoy it. Um, you're going to be encouraged by what Asherita has to share. Uh, it's based on a book she wrote called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, and here she is now talking with Focus President Jim Daly. In your book, you mentioned something about uh, soul amnesia. Mm-hmm. I like this term, but describe it f- more fully for me, soul amnesia. Yeah, so growing up in a Christian family, I always, of course, knew the meaning of Christmas. I knew that this is the time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus and that this is great news, good news for all people. 
But as I grew older, I found myself kind of like a Grinch. <laughs> I think I, there were just so many hard memories associated with Christmas that I wanted to be over with it. Um, there was too much noise and too much production, too much going on. And I just kind of wanted this quiet time. But I had just become a mom and a mentor sat me down and up just around the season said, aren't you so excited for Christmas and you have <laughs> a baby there. now and you get to do all these fun traditions. And in a moment of clarity and honesty, I said, no, really, I'm, I'm not that excited about Christmas. Mm. Um, Christmas holds a lot of hard memories for me and I'm afraid that I'm going to ruin it for my kids. Uh. And she looked at me across the table and said, Asherita, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You have the opportunity to begin a new Christmas tradition with your family. Um, and she just encouraged me to bring my concern to Jesus, which I'd never thought of doing that. It sounds so simple, but to bring my brokenness and to bring my hope of bringing new joy to this Christmas season, to ask God to help me rediscover the joy of Christmas yeah. anew. And he led me to the names of Jesus. And this is where soul amnesia comes in because I realized I need to be reminded of who Jesus is and what makes him so wonderful. Not because I don't know, but because my soul ceases to be amazed. Mm -hmm. And yet as I unwrapped Jesus' names that first year, it was like unwrapping a gift each day. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Bread of Life. He's the Good Shepherd. He's the Lion of Judah. And each name held such significant meaning and such healing and such hope and joy that by the time I got to Christmas Day, I was like, let's do this. Yeah. Like, this is the best day ever. And that's really uh, unpacking uh, Advent and how you deployed Advent in your in your new family's life. And I want to get to that a little bit more. But I don't want to move off this heavy burden issue. Because, in fact, I talked to Jean, my wife, about this this mm -hmm. morning. And, you know, I was asking her about it. She's so related to that. You know, that she felt in her way, too, that she was not capable of putting on the best Christmas mm -hmm. and, you know, that she would fall short. Yeah. And she said it really troubled her. And until she decided to relax mm. and where um, how did she say it? She said something in effect like I finally realized less was more in mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And so not to be dreading, you know, the perfect Christmas tree, the perfect decorations, the perfect Christmas cookies, which was really driving her. So mm -hmm. the boys, our boys had a perfect expression of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And speak to that for that mom that's just staying up till two in the morning, making sure everything's <laughs> right. And she did that. Not that and, I've ever done that. And she said, yeah. And she even said, she said, when I looked at the videos of our past Christmases, I could tell I was not healthy. Hmm. I was tired. I was uh, easily agitated. And she could see it in those home videos. Yeah. Speak to that. Well, I can absolutely relate. right? And I think it comes from a good place because we want to create these winter wonderlands for our children. And we want to make Christmas magical for them. And as a mom of three kids, I get that. Uh, that's this pressure and expectation that I feel I have every year. And I think it's only been made worse by social media mm -hmm. and all of the comparison. Yeah. And we see all the highlights of everyone else's holiday season. And somehow we feel like we need to combine all of that to make this Christmas even better than the last Christmas, even better than our neighbor's Christmas. So there are all these expectations that we bring to the holiday season. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make Christmas better. I think... It can threaten to take our focus off of 
the reason for the season, which I know we say so easily, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. But what I found helpful, two practical things in our family. One is at the beginning of the season, we'll sit down with the kids and my husband and I will say, each of you gets to choose one activity or one thing that we do. Because there's this fear of missing out, right? There is touring the neighborhood and seeing the lights with hot chocolate and your PJs in the van. And there's the (laughs) nativity scene and the Christmas caroling and the concert and the holiday parties and sitting in Santa's lap at the mall. And there are so many things that can keep us just going nonstop. Oh, yeah. But instead, when we slow down and each of us gets to choose one thing that means a lot to us, that we want to make sure we do, then we can clear space in our December calendar for quiet and for rest and for just enjoying one another Mm. and being together. And that has made all the difference. And I think that's Jane's point about less being more. Well, I so appreciated uh, the heart in that conversation. And we want to help you enjoy this holiday season. Jim mentioned Ashrita's book. It's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. It's filled with some really terrific ways that you can celebrate Advent. And that book is yours when you make a contribution of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Details are in the show notes. Let's go ahead and return to more of the conversation that Jim had with Asherita Chuchu, uh, discussing now the theme for each week of Advent. Asherita, what I want to cover over the next few minutes is really that Advent application, Mm -hmm. uh, the four weeks uh, leading up to Christmas and what you do for Advent. Uh, Week one is hope. This was a particularly important topic for you for the reasons we discussed, but that nervousness about Christmas, the cloud at Christmas. So obviously hope meant a lot to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Describe how you would use hope in that first week of Advent. Yeah, so I didn't grow up with Advent. It was something that I kind of stumbled on in college. And I felt like this light bulb went off. Like, wow, I can spend the whole month of December preparing my heart well, for some not to celebrate th- Jesus. That are listening that don't know it, describe it. Yeah, so Advent is um, a season preceding Christmas. It's the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. Each week traditionally has a theme and different denominations sometimes observe the different themes. Um, it starts on a different day each year. So you just count backwards from Christmas Day for Sundays. But truly what I loved about the season of Advent when I discovered it as an adult is that the word Advent means coming. And it's applied in two ways. On the one hand, there's the first coming of Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate that God himself took on flesh and became human and entered this world as a baby for our salvation. Mm -hmm. So there's that season of celebrating his first coming. But traditionally, the church has also observed the second coming of Jesus Christ and using this period of December to prepare our hearts for his return. And that just brought such richness to the season that it's not just looking backwards at the baby who came, but it's looking forward to the King of Kings who will come again. And that, oh my goodness, it just made the scriptures come alive as I studied them during the season. Mm-hmm. So as we come off of Thanksgiving and round the corner in just a couple of days, it's Advent Sunday, the first Advent, and mm-hmm. so it's hope. Give our listeners a handle or two if they really have just never celebrated Advent with that perspective. Yeah, so one of the things I love to do is to infuse meaning into traditions that we might already do as a family. So as we decorate the Christmas tree, we can talk about how it's an evergreen 
that means that even in the dead of winter, uh, this tree still lives and is still green. And how that's a picture of Jesus Christ. And he is the resurrection and the life. So we can have those conversations as we put ornaments on a tree. Mm -hmm. Another practical idea is to make Christmas cards for families whose children are in NICU, um, who are maybe facing despair and sickness and possibly death in this season, and to be the agents of hope, to bring the light of the world into that dark place, and to talk about why we do this. Why is Christmas not just about Santa and gifts and what we get, but an opportunity to reach out as we are the light of the world to bring hope because Jesus is the light. That's good. That is so good. Uh, one thing, and I relate to this as well, I'm sure you do too, John, uh, but one thing you were nervous about was doing enough to teach your daughters the true meaning of Christmas. And I understand your daughter kind of uh, poked that fear one day. What oh, did she do goodness. that all of us as parents probably have experienced? She must have been about three years old. And um, Flavio and I had these conversations about, okay, are we going to do Santa? Or are we not going to do yes. Santa? And we decided not to do Santa. Um, we still celebrate St. Nicholas, and we put our boots out by the window. So there's fun in that. But in our home, we had not talked about Santa Claus. We had talked about how Christmas is about Jesus and that he came as a baby so that we might be saved and reconciled with God. And so I'm driving to Grandma's house, and Chris is in the back seat, and there are all these decorations everywhere for Christmas. And so I ask her, Carissa, why do we celebrate Christmas? <laughs> and I'm just bracing myself like for a proud mom moment. Yeah. Like, this is going to be great. It's going to go on Instagram. And um, she just pipes up. She's like, Christmas is when we celebrate Santa, and Santa brings us gifts. <laughs> and I was like a deflated balloon. Oh, no. I was like, what? A failure. Oh, How I'm can sure. this be possible? Yeah. And I remember thinking, I just need to try that much harder. I just need to like overwhelm her with messages about Jesus and the gospel because obviously she's not getting it. And I look up in the rearview mirror and make eye contact with her, and she has this smirk on her <laughs> she, face. She knew what she was doing at she three. She knew what she was doing. Oh she was pushing my buttons, and she just kind of laughed, and I was oh like, word. Carissa. But she is, she's the jokester of the family. She gotcha loves making moment. us laugh. Oh my goodness. Um, but it, it revealed something about my heart that I had turned all of this into – idolatry. Like, I want to be the perfect mom that does things perfectly for my children and gives them the perfect message and makes Christmas perfect for them. Right. And realizing that moment, it's not about me. And it's not about being the perfect parent or having the perfect Christmas. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. and, and in that moment, to be able to laugh and say, you got me. Yeah. You got that's me. That's a good one. And I think that's the gold nugget. That's what hopefully people are hearing today. It's not about being perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's about enjoying the moment and what Christmas truly means. That's what comes across so critically. All right. Week two, we've uh, talked about hope this mm -hmm. first week, starting Sunday, as you mentioned, John. Uh, week two of your Advent focuses on preparation. Mm -hmm. That that sounds like work. What do we mean, preparation? Uh, <laughs> what what do you mean in that context, preparation? Yeah, so we do so much to prepare our houses for Christmas. We do Christmas sh gift shopping. We decorate with lights and the trees, and maybe we do community service. Um, but this is a good opportunity, a good week to slow down and say, how am I preparing my heart? Mm. And again, the names of Jesus that just resonate with this message is that Jesus is the truth. He is the word of God. 
He's the Holy One of God. And each of those names, as we meditate on them, brings so much richness to this preparation. That it's not about making ourselves right with God, but it's accepting what Jesus already accomplished on the cross. Yeah, that is good. In fact, you wrote uh, an article called The 25 Simple Ways to Make Christmas More Meaningful. We're going to have that at the website, John. Mm -hmm. So uh, folks can go take a look at that, too, to give them some help on that. All right. We're winding in there. Week three, joy. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> it's joyful. Yeah. Why is it joy is. so good? Um, well, for me personally, um, Asherita means God is my happiness. God gives me happiness. It's an unusual name, Asherita. It is. It but is. God is my happiness. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been, um, I feel like my parents' blessing on my life that I would find joy in Jesus. So anytime I see this word joy, my eyes just light up because I yeah. want to lean in and listen and say, okay, what do you have for me, God? And some of the names of Jesus that stood out in this week, our Prince of Peace. He is the one who brings us peace with mm-hmm. God, reconciliation with God, but also he makes us agents of peace in the world so we can bring his joy with us. He is the great high priest. And so we can stand confidently before God's throne because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done, because he's gone before us. Uh-huh. And that brings us joy. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the angels came to the shepherds and say, I bring you great tidings of great joy, right? The Christmas season is all about joy because of who Jesus is. As Sherita, the, the, the obvious question is in your own personal experience and having to shift you know, Christmas from a, a horrible time of the year for you because of the memories of your father and the anger that he expressed during that time and how that triggered him for whatever reason and how it brought kind of dark memories for you. How do you turn that into mm-hmm. joy? There are many people listening, and they've got you know, a whole list of reasons that the Christmas season becomes a heavy moment. In fact, you'll read news articles about depression, anxiety being at the highest point of the year during the Christmas season. So I, I think a good question here is for that person who's struggling for whatever reason, their parents, those bad memories, mm-hmm. or just Christmas never being a joyful time, as you've just described, mm-hmm. Speak to them. What what can they do to begin mm-hmm. to change that um, as you've done? Yeah. Well, I think this is where uh, week three joy uh, blends with week four love because it is the great love of Jesus that can restore the joy of Christmas. You know, one name of Jesus that I clung to in those first few Christmases was man of sorrows. Mm-hmm. And as I would look around the Christmas table and there's that seat that is empty at the mm-hmm. table. And I know so many families face that every Christmas for whatever reason, yeah. whether it's death or estrangement or betrayal, there's that empty spot at the table. And Jesus is the one who understands. He is the one who was betrayed. He's the one whose friends turned their backs on him. He's the one who encountered death of loved ones. So if anyone understands pain and brokenness, sorrow and wounds and betrayal, it's Jesus. And yet, because he was the man of sorrows, he went to the cross on our behalf. Uh, He bore our sin and our shame so that we could receive God's great love in Jesus Christ that is so wide and so long and so high and so deep. It is in Jesus that we are found hidden in God's love. And that is what brings us joy. It's not because we put a Band-Aid on something or we pretend that something doesn't hurt or something isn't broken. It's that we bring that brokenness to him and he's the one who offers love and healing and joy. 
That's a great reminder from Ashrita Chuchu. And I love how uh, she learned to push through fear and embrace hope in Christ uh, as a result of uh, that journey she was on. What a powerful reminder of how Advent can help us reflect on what Jesus did. And uh, Lisa, Diane, Paul, what is it about the Christmas season that gives you hope as we're about to enter it. Yeah, you know, John, there's so many elements of the Christmas story that give me hope. Uh, Specifically, I think about all the details that go into that first Christmas. The first Christmas was anything but um, smooth and um, predictable. It was chaotic. It was total surprise. And, you know, as parents of of three boys, uh, three of whom came to our family through very unique circumstances of adoption, we regularly uh, ponder the idea that Jesus was adopted by his earthly father. And the fact remains that if God could uh, work all those details out, uh, he can work out the very minor details of our life that we often turn into major Hmm. catastrophes. It's not anything that we really need to spend a tremendous amount of time worrying about that look to Christmas, look to the hope of Christmas, and realize that God has a grand plan for our lives. Hmm. You know, I think about the journey that Mary had to go on. Talk about being uprooted when you've got your nursery all set up and the wallpaper and all the quilts yeah, and everything. Yeah, it was supposed to be right here. Yeah, and then all of a sudden she's, you know, crossing the desert, uh, being pregnant, and then having a child in turbulent times. And it's kind of what we are going through. What's the up? What's the down? Where am I going to be? Who's going to be there for me? Uh, who will be at my dinner? Uh, will I have dinner? And yet through that all, there was that Prince of Peace that was born as a Savior to remind us now during this season that he came for a purpose because he is the Prince of Peace and God is sovereign and he's still seated on his throne. Mm, yeah. I'm reading through the Old Testament right now and am so grateful and appreciative of the fact that I was born at this point in history. Mm. (laughs) I am on this side of uh, Jesus' birth. I'm on this side of Jesus' death and resurrection. And it's like, I know the end of the story. And I'm like, I just think of like all that went on in the Old Testament and those silent years between the Testaments. And I just think to myself, wow. I know the plan. I'm on this side of history. How exciting that I can anticipate what's going to happen from here on out. And it's, uh, you know, Romans 321, um, a righteousness from God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. And Mm. so that's exciting to me. I hadn't thought about it, but that's a really good way to look at this season because for so long, the saints of old, prior to Jesus, they, they could only look ahead and not know when it's going to come. Now, we have that same journey as we're walking toward the end of this world and enter into heaven. Um, But that's a way different equation when Jesus is right with you. Mm -hmm. So we do know the end of the story. That's good. Mm -hmm. And um, as we approach the holidays, please know that we've got a free Advent calendar for you. It's called Preparing the Way for Jesus and has great activities that you can do with your family. Information about that is on the website, and we're going to link over to that in the show notes. And then don't forget about Asherita Chuchu's really wonderful book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. Uh, It's got a lot of information about the themes of Advent that she discussed today. 
And we're going to send that to you as our thank you gift when you join the support team of Focus on the Family. Make a gift of any amount, and we'll send it out to you. You'll find that book and other resources and uh, an opportunity to donate at focusonthefamily.com slash Stories. And next week on this podcast, you'll hear an audio drama. It's called When Christmas Came to Thorn Creek Bridge. It's delightful and really will warm your heart. Uh, for now, on behalf of Paul Batura, Lisa Anderson, Diane Angoli, and the entire team here at Focus on the Family, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Christmas Stories Podcast. <laughs>